Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Southern Storm, a bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast, now on Pantheon Podcast, where you can check out many other great podcasts. We always bring up our buddy, uh, Jay Scott from the hook rocks podcast and And we were just on an episode last week with him we were and with me always is jason he might bring up a couple more podcasts and who knows what yeah well you know mistress carrie is always out there uh the shout out loud cast always out there there's great ones go to pantheonpodcast.com follow pantheon podcast on social media certainly find a music style genre or subject that you're gonna like all right, so we've got some show reviews to do. You want to go first? You want me to go first? What do we do? Well, I mean, I'm going to take a lot of time because I'm with the four shows in five days. So why don't you go first? Okay, I'll go first. I just went to the one. Uh, just this last Saturday, I went to Skinnerd here. And I say Skinnerd because, you know, there's the, the the OG fans that like, oh, it can't be better Skinnerd without Ronnie Van Zandt, you know, which I understand. So, I mean... So I just say Skinnerd anyway. I mean, it's Leonard Skinnerd. But anyway, uh, our our friend, our podcast alumni, Damon Johnson, is his, you know, he's standing in for Gary Rossington, who left us, of course. And uh, he did a hell of a job. The band is awesome, incredible, great show, great stage show, great musicianship, great singers, background singers, great everything. I was really, really super, super impressed with, with those guys um awesome and opening up for them i got to see the cadillac three for the first time and i had really kind of dipped my toes in the water with them but and i kind of started getting more familiar with them before this and and i was so impressed they're they're really great really great and i 
automatically put them, you know, almost right up there with Blackberry Smoke and Whiskey Myers, you know, as far as, you know, they've been around a long time and, you know, for 20 years, you know, they had a band before that called American Bang that, you know, had a single off there called Whiskey Walk and that record was produced by Bob Rock in Hawaii, actually. So wow. but the Cadillac 3 is really awesome, uh, three-piece with, you know, and that's usually when it comes to like, duos or, or bands that don't have a bass player i'm a little bit like Err. but they're three piece of course you know is, you know the third guy is plays a pedal steel and does a lot of the bass parts on there which is cool and he did play bass on one song so he does do that a little bit too but so yeah that's that's my report it was great can't wait to to see the cadillac three again at some point yeah i i've, I've heard some of their music and i like them now i'm, I'm not really gone full into their catalog is something that i think i, I want to do brian and that's i think that's a band that we'd probably like to pursue to get on the podcast sure. as well uh skinner so did they close with freebird yes okay was it is sweet home alabama freebird was it is as insane as you would imagine it to be of course okay all right did our did our buddy damon get a spot to shine in that um for sure yeah did they play like their big hit so like tuesday's gone so you said sweet home yeah. alabama already like that smell three steps saturday night special what, what did what did they do yeah three uh that smell saturday night special curtis Lowell, give me three steps uh you know you name it they played it okay what was your favorite song they did um mm. Probably working for MCA. The, the oh, they did that one. We, we've talked about Blackberry Smoke covering that and doing yeah. a good job. Would you go back? Or yeah. is that like, I've seen them, well, they're there, well, like, that's cool. I've had the experience. Uh, with inconvenience, sure, I'd go again. Okay, fair enough. So you weren't going to go out of your way, but you check, check them out again. They're in there. That, I see plenty of bands like that. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Sometimes you just got to see them. And rumor has it, Brian. Damon Johnson may be making a return appearance on the podcast, particularly to talk about this Brother Kane 30-year anniversary. And I'm uh, wondering if they're going to play the record in its entirety, the first one. Be a great we'll question. See. Ask Damon when he gets back on, won't it? Yeah. With a great bill with Jared James Nichols, obviously, who we've mm -hmm. had on before, who's a great artist himself. And then when they stop by in Columbus with me, Orianthi's also playing with them. So I'm 100% in on that. Mm -hmm. For sure. It'll be a great show. It'll be a great show. All right. Four shows you saw. <laughs> four shows in five days. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm approaching 50 years old, and no point in my life have I ever seen four shows in five days before. This was new. I think this would be more fun to do if I was a little bit younger because I had to travel. I'll talk a little bit about that. But four shows in five days. I'll go chronologically. Tuesday was Belinda Carlisle in Dayton at the Rose Music Center. And, and what do you want to know about Belinda Carlisle? Well, I know she played some Gogo with songs and her solo stuff. And she did. She did. She's she's 64 years old. Sounds wow. fantastic still. Obviously, doesn't sound like 1985 Belinda, but strong voice sounded good. The energetic stuff was the best stuff of the night. The upbeat of her solo stuff in Go-Go's. And she did about an uh, hour and 40 minutes, hour and 45 minutes with, with the, with a four song encore. So awesome. Very good. Very good. 
the next show I saw was this. We went from Tuesday. Now this would be on Thursday. It was Jenny Lewis in in uh, Cleveland. So I had to drive a little bit. And if you guys don't know who Jenny Lewis is, uh, I think she became known. Well, she was a child actor, but her first band was Rilo Kylie, which was kind of a darling of the indie college circuit there for a while in the 90s. And then she started a solo career. Her first um, record was um, Rabbit Fur Coat, which is very 70s country Western. And then she sort of has this style that's uh, alternative pop with elements of 70s country Western with her. And she sounded great, very distinctive voice, had a fun stage show, had an all-female backing band, include the lead guitar player, which also played pedal steel. So my wife and I were very pleasantly surprised and enjoyed that show. It's great. Say I recommend seeing her if she's in your area. Right. What, what Are you familiar with Jenny Lewis? I am not. But uh, you, uh, before right now, you told me about her. What, what kind of music now? What, what are we hearing from her? Alternative pop music with country western, 70s country western. Hmm. That's how I describe it. That's a pretty interesting mix, but it, you'll hear it. And you'll know. And she, her album, she had an album a couple of years ago called uh, Acid Tongue. And on the title track, Chris Robinson and the Black Crows sang right background yeah, vocals for that song. So, yep, yep. So I was going to say you saw some outside the ballpark shows, but just blew into Carlisle. Would you know? It sounds like Jenny Lewis is inside her ballpark. Uh, she's she is ballpark adjacent for sure, Brian. And she might be an interesting one to talk to. Uh, her her kid acting career was in movies like The Wizard with uh, um, Fred, uh, what's his name, from The Wonder Years, and then Troop Beverly Hills. She was in a Golden Girls sequel series. And then Rilo Kylie has some great stuff out there, so check her out. But her, her new music is probably pretty pretty close to it, particularly the, the 70s style stuff. Moving on. Moving on, Friday night, going back to Eaton, Ohio, and this time my wife didn't go with me, but my buddy Keith did, who's a big music fan, particularly um, blues and, and um, guitar oriented, but Leilani Kilgore right played the Star Theater in Eaton, Ohio, instead of that little bar we saw her play last year, Taffy's, she played the Star Theater, played an hour and a half, absolutely killed it, uh, she's grown, her band's tight as hell, if you like a if you like guitar and you like blues music, you cannot go wrong with seeing Leilani Kilgore. And what sort of spectrum was like, you know, she played for an hour and a half, which would be so great to see, you know, playing her own stuff. She play any covers, she play any like straight blues stuff. Yes. All across the board. She did one cover. She did Jolene, you know, Dolly Parton yeah, song. Yeah. She did a great version of that. She played all of her solos, all of her stuff that's out now and a couple mm -hmm. songs that are getting ready to come out. She played and just, uh, just crushed it, man. Just just crushed it. Her normal drummer wasn't with them. I think she had a another gig is what they told me, but mm -hmm. pulled a guy who was playing in a young kid who was playing in a cover um, hair metal, glam metal band in Nashville. And he was awesome. Not only was he technically good, but he was doing all the flips and throwing his sticks and doing all the uh, doing all the Tommy Lee isms yeah. other than flipping upside down or being naked. Yeah, I'm always very impressed with people that come in and fill in with another band like they have like a very limited time to learn somebody's catalog yeah professional musicians and then they pulled this kid um yeah he was a kid he's like 24 years old i mean he's a kid to us but you know they were awesome and then they had a little bit of an after party at taffy's so my buddy keith and i hung out with them chatted a little bit more 
Um, there's some cool news I'll share with you offline, okay. but that'll eventually we'll be able to say on here and might even have a podcast about it too. But Leilani was great. Uh, she was on her way to that, uh, Summerfest show or that one in Muncie, Indiana, the, mm -hmm. uh, yep. With the, them dirty roses and, uh, naked gypsy Queens. And I believe the LA maybe we're all playing on. Right on. And then Saturday night was the last show back to Dayton, back to the Rose Music Center. It was Ben Folds. Uh, from, if, well, you may remember him from the yeah. Ben Folds Five in the yeah. 90s. Um, he did his own thing. He was just him and a piano for this show. So it was interesting. He, I really enjoy well, My wife's a mega Ben Folds fan. So we really went with her, but I do appreciate his music. But he told some, some fun stories. Uh, his piano work and the singing were really good. Our only complaint was is a little bit of short short show. Even with the encore, was only one song was like an hour and fifteen minutes, but a lot of fun. We were out early. I was back home by ten thirty, even with that hour drive. So it was good. It was a nice, very. It was a musical spectrum. It was all over the place. Yeah, very diverse for you. I was right in our wheelhouse, but you got diverse, which is always good to be open-minded and listen to some other stuff and go see some other stuff. So I like live music and yeah. you know what? Um, it's nice to go to some shows that my wife can enjoy because a lot of the Southern rock and blues where it's like jammy, she's not a big fan of, so she doesn't often attend those. Right on. Well, I'm going to, let's get into our guests and I might get a little long winded here because a lot of times I'll be like, you know, envious of the South and like, man, if I was down there, I could, you know, go see this show, that show, whatever. Um, <laughs> Now, like, I'm starting to realize part of all this is like, hey, this can happen up here in the Midwest. I've already talked about Fargo Brewing Company. I've already talked about the Fargo Theater, Bluestem Amphitheater. We talked to Jennifer Lynn. Um, we've talked to Joe Greenwood, Vintage Guitar Magazine, living 80 miles north of me. So there's like these little things. It's like if I had like, you see one of those crime shows you know, true crime shows and they're trying to figure stuff out and they put a, like a push pin in and there's like a piece of thread over here and have like little links up here. <laughs> um, and I always like want us to somehow or one of us somehow, if we can pull it off to be part of some sort of a gathering show, festival, whatever it might be. And a lot of times we'll take a look and, you know, I, you get a lot more stuff up there. I mean, I get stuff too in Minneapolis, but yeah. Um, like I'll look at like, man, I'm going to go to this, this festival or that festival down here. And then it's like, start adding up on the, on the, on the ringing it up, ring it up on the, on the cash register and plane tickets and rental car and all this. Dude, it's... Up. And it's like, you start like weighing it out. Uh, and so what's great for me, I get to discover, we get to discover, I get to discover in this area of the country uh, a venue that has a festival that's you know it's in our you know wheelhouse again our ballpark but we're talking about Ryder Saloon in Henriette Minnesota and the owners thereof uh, Julie and Steve Higgins they uh, they're great people a, nice people yeah great and they have a festival called Northwoods Jam which is in its uh, fourth year I believe third or fourth year um and just to find people in this neck of the woods to build these kind of musical relationships with and build these promotional music promotional relationships with is 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 super for me like okay other people in this area of the country get it 
you know, I, I'm almost kind of getting more into this, like starting to stick up more for the upper Midwest, you know? Yeah. It can happen here too. You know, I, it's, I don't know if this, you know, that's part of the reason why this podcast exists because I didn't have a musical community developed one from a lot of people down South and now starting to develop more up here. And it's almost like, I'm just like, it, it's becoming more clear to me. Like that's like, <laughs> see, like in a, it's my density, you know, the line from, from back to the future. Yeah. yeah. George McFly, <laughs> You're my density. It's my destiny, you know, to anything I can do to help uh, get things going on here. But uh, yeah. Yeah. And it seems like more of the bands, well, two things, the more the, a lot of bands that we talk to and cover even from the South seem to be heading up your way or through Minnesota more so than ever. I know Fargo has a brewing company and they've had, awesome bands government mule and and um uh blackberry smoke and stuff whiskey myers right come through or are coming through with yeah. you yeah yeah i mean definitely like whiskey myers has been here twice uh blackberry smoke's been here once blackstone cherry a couple times uh warren Hay or government mule uh marcus king dirty honey um kenny wayne shepherd robert yeah. cray uh Devin Almond's coming up here so yeah it's like, like there's other people out there that get it that I have not met yet but uh yeah and some it. bands too right that are coming from your geography like sick Wisconsin we have Jared James Nichols we have Bourbon House they're right in that area and those fit in and maybe you know more bands are showing up there and more bands are coming out of there where, where you're from yeah and I thought about that when we were talking about Bourbon House. It's like maybe they get them there. That'd be great. That's what I was thinking. Of that what you should shoot uh, Steve and Julie a note about them. Sure. That would be that would make a lot of sense for them to be out there. Right. All right, you guys, kick back and relax and listen to our conversation with Julie and Steve Higgins uh, from Riders Saloon in Henriette, Minnesota. Guest segment of the podcast, and Jason's going to introduce our guest for you guys. It's always my pleasure to introduce our guest this week. We got a little bit different show for you, as you're well aware. Uh, we're going to talk through some owners of a live music venue and bar uh, from Brian's neck of the woods. So, with us are Julie and Steve Higgins from Riders Saloon. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? We're great. Thanks for having better if I was where you guys were sitting in the saloon and having a one. That's what we do. No, <laughs> we wish that's what we did. <laughs> and you're all in Henriette, Minnesota. Let's tell the listeners like where, how is that like closer to Minneapolis or St. Cloud or? Boy, you know, it's it's kind of right in the middle of everything. So we're about 70 miles north of Minneapolis okay, and about 60 miles east of St. Cloud. And about 90 miles south of Duluth. Okay. So kind yeah. right there in the middle of East Central Minnesota. Yeah. I lived in Duluth for like five years. So familiar with that area up there and everything. So yeah, it's nice up there. 
So you guys own Ryder Saloon. You want to tell us like how that came about? Hmm. <laughs> so, so we were uh, um, sitting at home one night and our son had a job at this place. And uh, he came home and he said, you know, she's selling the bar. And uh, we kind of looked at each other and went, huh. And I don't know what possessed us to even do it, if you want to know the yeah. truth. We'd uh, both been in very different places, different jobs. Um, I was a school counselor. Steve worked in construction. And uh, we came out here one day and we looked out at the property where the jam is now currently had held the Northwest Jam. And we said, we could do things out here. And then we bought a bar. <laughs> so, <laughs> here we are. Well, here we are. We're going from school counselor, Brian, and going from school counselor to bar owner, construction to bar. It's it's pretty similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, but some of it is. Yeah, we um we actually met working in a bar uh, in 1998. So we were both employees of a different bar in the area and that's where we met so we both worked in the industry briefly but now uh now we are very much into the industry so it's been a it's been a, a fun ride that was in 2018 so we've had it for five years now hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. So did you guys start getting bands before the Northwood Jam started? Like, how did all the music part of this start coming to play? Um, it was, well, we always had music. It was just, you typically, you know, like most bars, your local cover bands, that's kind of how it started out. Mm -hmm. And we did get to know a few people that do have music connections. And... Something happened with another bar. They were going to have a Ward Davis show and something went wrong during COVID. And in a couple of weeks after that Ward Davis show, they were going to have Alex Williams. And the owner of that particular bar decided that he wasn't going to do live music until COVID was over. So we got the Alex Williams show and everything kind of just snowballed from there. That's right. 
Well, you know, right before that, we were trying to get into this, uh, to the genre. We uh, had we had the bands and we really wanted to support people who were doing their own thing. And that was a big deal to us. But, you know, it's hard to make that switch, especially where we're at. I mean, we're like 10 miles from a gas station, you know, that's how, you know, and so we're like, we're in the middle of nowhere with, with um, a local clientele who was really just used to what they had, you know, the, and, and there was nothing wrong with what they had. It was, it was, it was great. You know, it was, it's, it's a bar. You throw some music out there on the weekends and listen to some nineties country and have a good time. And there was nothing wrong with that. We just really were a musical family. So I taught piano for a lot of years. My kids play guitars and sing and drums and piano. It's just been a musical household. And my son was starting to write some music with a friend. And we just decided, you know, we really want to do this. It was really hard to make the switch because uh, the very first show we had, of the Plot Hounds. Yep. Yep. So the very first show that we brought out that was musicians playing their own music was the plot house and uh it took we pulled teeth <laughs> it was like pulling teeth to get people here for a show when they didn't know any of the music they were going to play you know what are they you know do they play you know led zeppelin do they play you know garth brooks and I'm like, no, they played the Bloodhounds. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so we got him out here and we got a bunch of people who trust us. And, uh, and uh, we got a lot of great feedback from that night. Uh, and it was, that was kind of our first jumping off point, you know, and some of our customers came up to us and said, well, we don't even know who these guys are, but this music is really good. I said, yes, it is. We should keep doing this. And so uh, that's kind of where it really started. And then uh, we had that contract with True Grit. And uh, we had been trying to move into that area. Uh, and it was a fluke. You know, one of the bigger bars in the Minneapolis area decided to cancel a show. And we got Alex, like you said. And man, the rest is history. After that, the phone just started ringing. And I started reaching out. You know, so it was like once you jumped in, then all of a sudden you had this like mini network, and then uh, and then that just had kept expanding from there. You know, so it's still hard. It's really still hard mm -hmm. to get people to come to some of these shows and have faith that that we're choose that we're bringing out artists that are going to be great. You know, it's hard to convince people of that still sometimes, um, but we've developed a pretty good ticket base. You know, or customer ticket base i should say you got a little little into what i wanted to go into a little bit more that transition from you know your local cover bands right which are probably a lot easier to book and get a hold of versus moving into these national acts and these regional acts like how i mean how did you transition was it really getting that one show and that opened all the other doors and then you know not only like how did you get how did that happen but what do you do to book these these acts Hmm. <laughs> so uh, I guess that's my department. Um, <coughs> so the transition came, we were, we were at a listening room and people kept, you know, putting little names out there of bands that we should reach out to. And that's kind of really how it started. I was, everything was 
like I'm 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 looking at emails and contacts on the bottom of artist pages. I have no idea what I'm doing. That sounds familiar, I, Brian. That's like what yeah, we do here for this. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. I just start emailing all these people and seeing what happens, and then um, uh, and that's how like the plot hounds first came in, and and then some other artists, you know, locally. Uh, we have this some great Minnesota music. So once you know you get one in, then uh, then some other great bands you know reached out like Mitch Gordon. They're a lot of fun. Uh, Anderson Daniel. These are all Minnesota bands that you know they all kind of know each other. So yeah. once we started with the Plot Hounds, then that network kind of became open to us. And I'll tell you, Noah has been still amazing, even though the Plot Hounds don't exist any longer. Um, now it's Noah Alexander and he's doing his thing. He was the front man and he's got a lot of friends. And so that's kind of a local connection that we have. And it's been really helpful. Uh, I went off on some kind of a tangent, didn't I? Well, then, uh, I, think, I think it was after Alex Williams. And, I mean, there might've been one other show that I'm forgetting in between that and Josh Morningstar being here, but after we got them too, after Alex and Josh had been here, things really started to, to change and we started getting reached out to by more and more people, if you could say it that yeah. way. We didn't stop reaching out to different people as well, but it just, you, these people are starting to see what we were doing, so they were willing to take a chance. And, and you know, we were started to hear things from bands, you know, so I, I know we keep bringing it back to Alex. Um, and that was working with, you know, the agency he was with at the time uh, with True Grit. And uh, and that kind of opened up a network there. So um, the booking agent there kind of, you know, worked with us and I was able to call him and he was able to call me and that kind of helped open up the door in that direction. And um, then from there, artists actually started talking to each other, if you know, and I started to hear that. You know, the artists would come in and say, hey, yeah, I was just talking with, uh, you know, with uh, Joe Stam. And he said, I should, you know, give you guys a call and come on up here because it was a lot of fun. So um, I'm glad that, that we provided that uh, for them as well, because the artists start networking with each other. And so then artists out there who are really independent, who don't necessarily have, you know, a True Grit or a WME behind them, uh, then they're 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 dry calling, you know, and they're emailing me, which is a lot of emails, but we definitely, we uh, look at everyone, we watch their videos, we listen to their music. And uh, so we even take kind of a leap beyond the typicals because we liked what we heard, you know, and bring them in. Uh, if I'm playing it in my kitchen, I'm trying to get them here. <laughs> we have yeah. a Ryers Saloon kitchen list, we call it. And uh, it's all artists that have played here. And so it's a Spotify playlist that they play in the kitchen. And uh, it's the, uh, yeah, Writer's Saloon kitchen approved music list. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, um, and then uh, it's funny to watch them grow. So like uh, Josh Malloy, there's a good example. So he came in the first time and... I sold 15 tickets. I couldn't get anyone in the door. Nobody knew who he was. And then he started singing and all of our jaws dropped. We just went, oh my gosh. And uh, even the second time he came through, it was a hard sell. 
but now he's you know been here four or five times and and now earlier this spring i he sold it out two nights in a row so it's fun watching getting those artists finding them and getting them to have return visits and watching their fan base grow and watching the music that they write start to really you know grip on people so that's a lot of fun so, so Brian, it sounds a lot like how we built this podcast. You know, you get the first initial couple guests, you get a reputation, uh, and then it becomes a lot of people reaching out to you and also you reaching out to a lot of people. So that's kind of what I'm hearing from you. Once you become a known entity, a good place to play, fair, you know, phone calls start happening. Right. In a dive bar. I mean, literally, have, if you haven't been here. Uh, if you haven't, I live here, in Ohio, so I haven't been, you know, getting to Minnesota is a little hard for me. <laughs> if you haven't been here, you would just like, look at this place and go, really? <laughs> We're, they're playing here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very typical dive bar. Um, oh, TBR, they're going to be here in September. They came in and they said, we drove in and we went like, we're actually playing Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I think that that goes to my next question is, so now you have a reputation of, as a good, a nice place to show up and play, a good experience. You're living in an area, it sounds pretty rural, pretty, you know, you're 10 miles from a gas station. How do you, I mean, what, how do you attract clientele to come in? Because, right, you got the band, now you got to have people show up, buy the ticket, pay the bands. Like, what do you do? How do you market it? Social media. A lot of social media. It's one and return customers is another one and then they, them return customers they also tell all their friends too and then they we get them here and you and then you know what happens after that get a lot of word of mouth we do a lot of social media as you said uh for larger events radio uh we you know that's been social media has been most of our most of our, our best roi they would call it has been social media it's been our best return. Uh, we have an email list of people who, you know, who have joined up that want to know what's coming up. So we'll, we'll send out email marketing for sure. Uh, but I'm, to tell you the truth, I'm really bad at it. So they probably should be getting more emails than they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, just run out of time in your day. Uh, we travel ourselves. So, I mean, we, it sounds like we have, you know, a fun way to travel, but we don't. We hardly ever get to go anywhere, but when we do, we often try to go catch shows in other venues that are doing this of artists, you know, that we know or whatnot. So um, I'll tell you, a lot of it's networking. A big lot of it is definitely networking. But you're right, we have to be a destination. If we're not a destination, then we don't make it where our location is. So, um, and then we get, you know, uh, you know, local people as well to um, surprisingly enough at some of these shows, Thank we don't see a lot of local people. Appreciate mm -hmm. There are a lot of people that traveled for a show. So um, currently we are working on, on, on that aspect to get more local people to trust the music. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, it's hard. It's, you've got to be a destination and market it all the time. If I was in town, I, I feel like this might be a lot easier. It would definitely be easier. Well, this certainly is exciting for me, you know, even extra because of, you know, the area or this region up here and, and to find out about some other people that, you know, get 
some of these bands like i you know if i i'm in fargo so if i just walked up in the supermarket to 10 random people and said them dirty roses they, they probably look at me like huh? you know so it's so cool <laughs> that you know it's almost like i could if you see like a ever like on a true crime show they get the map and a, and a push pin here and a piece of thread that goes you know i know mm -hmm. like there's a person in grand forks oh there's a person in bismarck you know and then the fargo brewing company's mm -hmm. been doing a lot of good shows in the fargo theater and blue stem amphitheater in moorhead but to find about you guys in the rural especially because so many people that we talk to really are from the rural i mean them dirty roses from alabama and Mm -hmm. Charlie Stars from Alabama and so many people, rural people, all the Kentucky bands. And so it's really, really great for me. So I don't know if that's a question as much of an observation, but um, I really, that, that's kind of what I want to find out next as we kind of like get into the Northwoods jam. Um, is that what got you in contact with like them Dirty Roses, the Steelwoods? Were you in contact with them before this? And we were not. Um, the first time we had Them Dirty Roses here was in, in uh, mid, mid to late January, uh, middle of a snowstorm. That was yeah. the first time, and them Alabama boys had never seen snow before. Yeah, I believe it. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, that was. A, we almost wondered if we should follow them to their hotel at the end of the night. They just do more shots of whiskey to take the nerves off and get warmed up. I know those guys well. <laughs> we for sure had them here twice before they played the um, the first Northwoods Jam. And you know what's interesting about the first jam is um, we had Alex Williams slated as our headliner. And so that first jam we did, it was pretty quiet, you know. We took artists that we only had here and that we knew. It was COVID year. It was 2020. And mm -hmm. uh, so we took only artists that had played here before, put them all together, we didn't get too extreme. We wanted to see if there was, you know, if we could even pull something like this off. And then um, then right beforehand, someone in Alex's camp got COVID. So our headliner had to cancel the day before the Northwoods jam. Oh. Um, <laughs> right. So TDR actually ended up uh, headlining it that year. But no, as far as the other bands, so a lot of them were working with um, True Grit originally and they aren't now. So, I mean, that first year, um, you know, it was just mostly people, the agency we were working with is where we got our music from and then and then local. And uh, it was great. You know, we had, despite, you know, uh, all the tornado warnings, we had a great time. And, <laughs> and uh, so snowstorms, tornado warnings, like you're not marketing for me to come up to see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I always said I, I always said I stood and looked at the sky that day and I swear I watched the clouds part around us all day. It was like magic and I don't Did know. it have that yellowy, orangish yellowy color? Oh yeah. Sky and, too. And, yeah. Yep, oh, yeah. And, and and we made it. And then I think fifteen minutes after the whole thing was over, torrential downpours. So yeah, we made it that first year. That was interesting. Um, but no, we had not worked with the other bands, uh, like you mentioned, the Steelwoods. Um, I reached out to them, just cold turkey. I reached out to their agency. And uh, uh, that second year was tough because um, it was only the second year. So you got to find people that are, you know, willing to, number one, book you, take a chance that you're going to pay them, you know, all that stuff. So uh, uh, because it's very different. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It's, it's very different rates for a festival than it is for them traveling through town, you know? Yeah. So, um, uh, 
a lot of cold calls. We handpick our festival uh, entertainment. We sit down with a list of people that we'd like to have. We start reaching out to them. Um, I know a lot of big festivals don't work that way. They kind of, they reach, they get an artist and then the booking agency gives them two or three more to go with it type of thing. And um, we don't do that here. We handpick every artist that comes through here. And we just hone down our list and we hope that people will love the lineup. And, uh, and that's hard because especially you, he's passionate about some of this music and um, we love all the music we bring through here. But when we, when we plan a big party like that, we have to sit down and go, okay, is it because we love them so much or is it because they're going to sell tickets, you know? <laughs> so why not both? Um, uh, right. And that's where we look for. We look for yeah. the both. You know, we look for the both. And uh, and so far, we, it's been our it's been all right. So and as time goes by, too, you start to build a relationship with these people, and they keep coming back. I mean, yeah. You know, I, I talk to them throughout the year, even when they're not on their way here. You know, just say, hey, how's it going? Yeah. You know, how's the wife? How's the kids? Whatever. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the nice thing about my job is what I get to do. Yeah. And again, there are a lot of similarities to what Brian and I do in the podcast. We do the same thing. We, we develop relationships with being like, like them dirty roses for one, where we text them, talk to, you know, just keep in touch because we like them. We want to promote them. And they also help come back, come back around on the podcast when we want them to have, you know, next time uh, you have North them on, tell them all, next time you have them on, tell them all, next time you have them on, tell them all to take a shower. <laughs> they'll, know, they'll know no. what, they'll know what you're saying that's obviously obviously an inside joke yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, there are a lot of inside jokes when it comes to those guys for sure you can, like, you you know, can they're, tell them okay yeah. i will do steve i will pass that along that uh, steve Higgins said take a shower actually i'll text i'm gonna text andrew that when i get off the phone the best one to tell is ben Oh, so, uh, you know, it's uh, really been fun. Like last year, um, you were talking about the jam again, is watching, watching people. They don't know what to expect. A lot of them don't know what to expect when they get here. They came here because we finally convinced them to buy a ticket and promised them that the music was going to be good. And uh, last year, I got a chance to kind of pop up on the side stage and kind of look out over the audience a little bit when um charles wesley godwin was on the stage and i could see these people who you know are hemming and hawing and didn't know if they wanted to be here you could just see them when he when he first started playing you could just see the faces light up of a lot of people who were really pessimistic about having any fun at a festival where they didn't know any of the music, you know? Yeah, a lot of so, them didn't even know who Charles Wesley Godwin was. And, and so uh, that was fun during during that part of the show to watch watch that happen. They learned that day who he was. So <laughs> especially when you started all see, starting to see them all start to jump up and down and move their heads and I mean it, it it's yeah. just fun to watch. Yeah, it's yeah. fun to watch. And then afterwards, it's when are you going to have that guy back again? Well, <laughs> well I don't know about. I, I don't well, know, you know if he can. <laughs> that might have been it, guys. <laughs> He's moving and grooving now. 
<laughs> well, you never know. You know, when they have these good relationships and good experiences, sometimes if they get bigger, they like to come back and do a little smaller show for the people that treat them right. Yep, sometimes, sometimes. We'd love to have them back anytime. So, Brian, I want to know more about this Northwoods Festival. It's come up a lot. So t- let's tell us and our listeners all about it. It's, uh, well, it's one day of really, really good fun. That's, that's what I can say about it. Um, it's a lot of work. Um, she does most of it. I do very little. Um, I don't know. This year we have, what, 11 bands? Over one yeah. day? Yeah. Like, what time do you start? What time do you end? All right. So, yeah, we, um, we started the project. This will be our third year. And uh, I assume it's the summertime, not dead mi- middle of winter, right? <laughs> coming up on August 26th. So um, Ooh, nice. They're, a they're week after my birthday. Available. I should have I should have planned my birthday to go up there. <laughs> still, Come on still up. Tickets available. Um, so uh, the Northwest Jam is just one day of Americana, Red Dirt, uh, Outlaw, Southern Rock. You know, it's just kind of a, it, it's a it can be a modge podge. It can, you know, and each year we've learned and grown just a little bit more. And uh, we've gotten great feedback from the crowd and have a lot of returning customers who, you know, uh, wait for the lineup, you know, in January. And and uh, it's, a, it's, it's a big talk. So we drum up a lot of interest there. But uh, so we go one day. This year we actually spread it out a little bit. So uh this is the first year that we're moving into uh, a night too so one day music starts at noon goes till approximately 10 30 11 uh we have two stages one of them is the main stage of course um this year it's uh noah alexander from the plot hounds is kicking off the day and then uh another local well they're local to us but they're not a local band they're called the devon warley band uh they're gonna play after that and then we have Kenny Fiedler and the Cowboy Killers, Alex Williams, Joe Stam, Tanner Usry, and then Whitey Morgan is headlining this year. And uh, so that, I mean, that's, to me, that's a killer lineup, but, you know, that's yeah. me. I, I, I love them all. And then we have a second stage uh, that we showcase uh, some smaller artists and some Minnesota artists on. And so they play while the main stage is being switched out this year it's uh samuel john and luke hendrickson and matt Pudas, uh the white iron band those are all kind of local uh and then uh tyler anthony is coming in from nebraska to play that stage as well mm-hmm. so we start at noon we go till about 10 30 11 uh it's just this festival is so much fun because a lot of the artists have played here before uh, and know the place. Uh, a lot of the artists, you know, just mingle with the guests um, throughout the day. Not all of them. We can't. We never promise that. We never promise them anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, but um, several of them just, you know, hang out for the day and just have a good time. And and uh, ticket holders, you know, customers really love that to to be able to catch them and have conversation with them. And uh, uh, then uh, this year we expanded a little. And our VIP ticket holders um, get an extra show on Friday night. So we have Tennessee Jet coming in on Friday night for them. And uh, then on Saturday night, they get an after party 
with uh, Eli Howard and the Greater Good. So got a lot of music coming. So it's one big, long, busy, fun, amazing day. And uh, every year we lose sleep until it's over. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Because we're essentially just a little dive bar throwing a really big party. (laughs) So... I want to go a little deeper into like how this was conceived, if you how long you had thought about it, and then um, if you can somehow maybe even go in deeper, like the logistics of how you know. Because Brian and I want to do our own festival one day. Help (laughs) us out here. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to say don't. I think they're going to say don't. (laughs) You know, we originally talked about uh, partnering with um, another local business and doing something because we have acreage out here, and. it was talked about on and off for a while and nothing really ever came of it. Um, and uh, so we, we backburned, you know, we tabled it just a little bit. Uh, and then a couple months later, you know, we, we talked to each other. I'm like, we don't need another business to do this. Why don't we just do this on our own? Mm-hmm. So we sat down uh, with um, a booking agent that we used quite a bit. And we sat down with them and went, hey, what is the feasibility of making this happen? And that's how year one got going is because uh, we had a lot of help from that, from, that, from that booking agent. And then we had bands that we were already familiar with. And I'm going to be honest with you, it was COVID year. And in COVID year, it, it was a lot more economical to put on a party like this because of of the all the restrictions up there uh they lifted the the restrictions right before the jam but um Mm -hmm. until then you know uh everything had everything was just you know nobody was making money we weren't making money artists weren't making money but damn it we were still throwing this party and so uh the first year we learned a lot of lessons we learn um, many things that we really should have been doing and many things that we should never do again. So um, uh, that was that was big lessons learned that year. Uh, and I can't remember which they were. We had a whole list that we talked about right afterwards of, of, of things never to do again. And I don't <laughs> And if I find that list, if we find that list, I'll send it to you. Yeah, please email it to us because I'm yeah. going to take some notes. Don't, don't ever do this again. Uh, and we, uh, what did it take logistically? So we had the, the start of a stage here that uh, that was here from the old um, owners. And I know a lot of festivals will rent big stages in and we want mm-hmm. to keep it a little bit more intimate. We didn't, we didn't want to throw a, you know, a, a huge stage out here and, uh, well, first of all, they're expensive and, you know, but uh, so we wanted kind of a permanent solution. So we took the stage that was already out here. We built onto it. So that was the first yeah. big expense um, that we had was making a stage large enough for most of the acts that we'd like to have out there. Now, if we grow, you know, um, uh, there's going to be a, a moment where we might have to start you know, bringing in a larger stage, but we haven't reached that point yet. We're still keeping it kind of intimate. Our big thing here is to be intimate. And so we don't sell more than a thousand tickets and just to just have a good time, you know, uh, big music, small festival. And uh, 
it would be awesome if eventually it became a kind of an exclusive deal where everybody yeah. just sold out in the first day and we didn't have to sweat out ticket sales for eight months. That would be the amazing moment of my life. <laughs> but so the stage was the first big thing. Then we had to go out and figure out if the ground was high enough, low enough, where we needed to do something there. We're still actually working on that. That's a work in progress. Um, last year we started, you know, um, building up uh, like a, a road, I guess you could call it. It's not a real road, but you know, just a driveway. And this year we were just working on trying to get more because uh, we have people who stay overnight. And we want, you know, if you get an inch of rain, it can be kind of hard to get out if you don't have, you know, some kind of a driveway to get out of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. uh, last year we did get almost an inch of rain that day. And uh, we were happy to report that uh, everybody got out except one. Except one. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I almost think that wasn't on us. They tried to drive through the low spot. <laughs> <laughs> he went where he wasn't supposed to go. And he found out why he wasn't supposed to go there. <laughs> But, uh, and despite all of that, every, the feedback was phenomenal. So yeah. uh, we, we like to say it's, it's a great day for grownups, you know, um, because everybody just seems to get along. And uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's just a feeling that you get out here. The artists are there um, having a great time as well. It's fun to watch all of that transpire. It's like everybody becomes one kind of a click that day of mm -hmm. people who just want to, you know, hear the music, which is what we're going for. We keep adding vendors every year. Now this year, um, uh, but we handpick those as well. So you're only going to get like three or four vendors here because, well, you know, we only sell a thousand tickets. So you don't want people to sit out here all day and not make any money off of their vending stuff uh, but one of the things that i was really excited about this year is um we went to mile zero fest in january uh and we were there and there was this vendor there called inappropriate trucker hats and i said i have to have her i have to have her at northwoods jam this is one of the funnest things i've ever seen and so yay i emailed her after uh after that and she's coming up from oklahoma so that's gonna be fun uh, be nice to meet her. Turns out her and one of our artists grew up in the same town. So, wow. yeah. So she said, yes, I'm coming. So that'll be yeah. fun. Yeah. It was Tanner Usry, wasn't it? I think it was Tanner Usry, yeah. So, so it's just a lot of, boy, it's hard to say. You know, when, when you try to talk to somebody about how you're doing it, it's really hard to give them a step-by-step -step process. It's more of a did this work? Didn't it work? Should we try this? Should we, you know, table that? And then you put something into place and then you sit back and you hold your breath until it happens. And then you'll know if it was good or not good. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> if it works, keep doing it. If it doesn't, don't do it again. <laughs> That's right. I mean, what's really a wing and a prayer here, uh, you know, uh, it is uh that's really what it is so infrastructure is pretty important for, for sure if you're gonna yeah. pull something off. infrastructure you gotta have power you gotta have space you got yeah you gotta place yeah, you gotta have toilet you gotta yeah. you know have places for people to park uh yeah. uh you gotta have production for your stage 
you know, uh, mm -hmm. it's just, you got to have people come. You know, we have volunteers every year, so that's awesome too. And, uh, yeah, you need, you definitely need help. Yeah, and then you need a bunch of people who are willing to help you do it. And that's, that's what it boils down to. Uh, and yeah, you should come. We should see you there. Yes. <laughs> you were talking about the vendor from Oklahoma, and it's 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 nice to hear that, you, that there's people coming from farther away. And obviously, we know them, Dirty Roses. They're pretty much tour nationally. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the oh. bands we talk to from the southeast, they just they're kind of in that region. And you know, um, maybe the Georgia Thunderbolts is one that gets you know a little further out. You know, because they're oh, yeah. they're they're hooked up with with Richard Young from the Kentucky Headhunters, which is a mm -hmm. good. Uh, good you know thing to have in their hip pocket but are there artists where they, that you reached out to that don't quite come up here or some that you know that you've ever reached out to but or didn't reach out to because you you know kind of wouldn't think they would come up this far like in the beginning yes they're like they're never gonna drive all the way up here you know and uh and that stopped us from reaching out to some people that we probably should have reached out sooner to uh, it turns out that a lot of the artists would love to to make a you know a northern run, uh, but they're in the same boat as we are. We don't know which bands will come north, and they don't know which venues will book them. You know, it, it, unless they ha have a booking agent that is you know familiar with the venues. So, um, and you find I found that like booking agents up here have no idea who to call in the south, and booking agents in the south have no idea who to call up here. Um, not all of them. I mean, just some of them, you know, it's, mm. I, that, I think that's a crutch, um, uh, for some of the bands that are trying to, you know, widen their, widen their base and, and get out there. But yeah, there are some bands that are, that we, you know, just hear through networking grapevine that just don't leave certain areas or certain States. And so, uh, generally that I, you know, then I don't reach out to them. Like, uh, it's really hard to get Geffen Jenkins to leave California. You, you might see him yeah. go there. You might see him go to Arizona, place a couple bars there. But for the most part, that guy does not leave California. So it's a that haul, one. man. Stuff's expensive, you know, to travel. That's mm -hmm. a big deal too, is the expense. Yeah. So, you know, it's the artists who have agents who are, you know, booking them on, you know, I'll even watch social media sometime and I'll see, hey, look, this artist is going to be in, Wisconsin or Illinois or South Dakota. And so I'll look at their schedule and uh, sorry, I'm jerking around. There's a fly that keeps bothering me. Um, um, Minnesota in the summertime, man, it's bugs uh, galore. I, I've been there life. before. You gotta love it. It's, um, uh, so then I'll reach out to them sometimes when I, when I see that. I mean, that happened just recently with uh, Jason Eady. Yep. I saw a hole in his routing and I reached out uh, to the agency and said, hey, I can fill that hole. And um, now Jason Eady's coming here for the first time. So I'm kind of excited about that. Well, I'm actually very excited about that. Mm -hmm. So that would be fun. Yeah. So sometimes it's just luck of the draw. Yeah, I've got a question a little bit about um, paying. How do you guys, how do you guys end up paying these artists? You don't have to give me specific numbers or people or anything, but is it, are, I mean, are they getting a guarantee? Are they getting a cut of the door? Is it both? Like, you know, you're getting some pretty good acts come through. So what are, what do people expect when 
to play a you know a venue your size it's very rare that we don't have a guarantee so um yeah uh the only time that we don't really have a guarantee is if uh, everybody like local smaller no actually the only time we don't have a guarantee is when they're pretty sure the artist is going to sell out the place you know so okay. then they just set yeah. the ticket price you know and then we go from there so otherwise yeah there's always a guarantee and there's you know it might be a little bit higher than it would be in the south times because they're traveling or maybe it's not every artist is very different you know and every booking agent is very different so yeah we generally don't play without a guarantee and i hear uh when i'm talking with bands that that is not really the, always the case in different areas of the country in different areas of the country it's just the door so if people don't come in then they don't that's you know that's what they get paid uh which sounds really horrible to me if you want to know the truth <laughs> um uh that would be oh well, it is would, because yeah <laughs> nobody's got you know there's only one group that has skin in the game it's the band and that's the responsibility of their book or somebody to do pr if you guys are paying a guarantee you've got skin in the game to really promote get people in sell beer sell food right so it's like a mutually beneficial type of thing to get as many people as you can right yes. yep it's always a guarantee and then the one thing about here um, except, except for very few circumstances, uh, the ticket sales always 100% go to the artist here. We Oh, good on yeah. you guys. Congre they, yeah. That's wonderful. So we, that's just been our, that's just been standard review. 100% of ticket sales go to the artist, no matter what. So, uh, unless, I mean, the, I mean, like I said, there's, there's very few circumstances where that changes. Like if I have to buy a, a, a ton of hotel rooms for, you know, or, or something like that, we sometimes negotiate that in a little bit, but, um, um, and the festival is a little bit different because that's, those are all just flat guarantees for that show. Yeah. Right. 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 For, for sure. The shows that come through every week, that's, you know, uh, ticket sales is, you know, ticket sales is what they get for sure. And, uh, yeah. So there's, uh, and then we always, you know, you're all you're always hopeful that you sell way more tickets than uh, than you expect. That's always yeah. that's part of the bonus. It's great for the artists. That's why they want to come back. Then you got more people buying beer and liquor and food, yeah. and everybody's happy. Yeah. Uh, sound. How do you guys manage the sound? Do you guys have your own in-house sound person that you continually use? Is it up? Okay. Yep. Yep. In-house sound lights. Um, inside and then well our, our our sound guy also he can like where we're sitting right now we're actually sitting on our uh on our patio and we have music here uh at least two days a week um and he has lights that he can run you know smaller you know your yeah. bar lights on on a, on a on a on a pedestal or whatever on the big stage though that's all full production that's yeah. You got to bring people in for that one. We bust out the big stage. Um, we generally have to hire uh, uh, either a production company or, you know, we, we have to hire somebody to come in and set the stage up. Our large right. stages are not, you know, we don't have production out there. It's just a, a bare stage. And so uh, for that, you know, yeah. what do we say? We don't bust out the big stage unless we have at least 300 people there. So uh, a lot of a lot of people come in and say, "Hey, are we going to play out there?" And I'm, I can't afford for you to play out there <laughs> <laughs> unless you want to bring your own production. 
So that's five grand before you even done anything. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah uh, so yeah, we have a great sound guy. He has been amazing from the beginning. Uh, his name is Matt, and he's actually we have a couple of bands that uh, local bands that still play out here on a regular basis. He's in one of them. And uh, we love to support uh, local music. And so I didn't mean local bands. I meant um, cover bands. So yeah. um, there's some great ones around here. And we've kept them on because they're a fun, they're a fun night of music, you know. And, uh, and then he also run, comes and runs our sound for 99% of our shows. Plus he has a job. Plus he plays in a band. And then another band. I don't know how he does it, but he's been... He's been amazing. You know, when you get into this and you get into this music uh, and especially in this genre of music, you, the networking is so powerful. It's so powerful. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's hard to explain from, you know, the production company that comes out for the jam as a friend of this person and that person. And, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. I called the guy up and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. How does this work? And, uh, you know, you, when you're starting something new, you want to call in and say, well, I'm going to need some uh, this and that and the other thing. And can you just give me a quote? You, you sound like you know what you're doing. So you hope that people don't like take advantage of you. But not me. I call them up and go, I am a baby. <laughs> and I don't know what I'm doing at all. Can you walk me through this and uh, and tell me how it's going to happen? And then can just sneak in how much it's going to cost me somewhere in there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, so, uh, and you know, just the networking with all the musicians, they all know each other. You don't think that they would, but they do. They so, do. honestly, the most powerful thing we've got out here, especially in this genre and uh, of both the fan base and the musicians, is networking. That is super powerful. So, is there any way to like to like kind of like project you know looking at the future like plans for 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 you know the next year year after or is it just it really need to focus on this year like what do you have plans for like how much bigger it could get or or just ideas or yeah you know yes we already have a list of artists that were uh um we already have our, our lists of artists for 24 that we kind of you know are going to go with so we're, we're planning um, that part of it. We um, we want to get to that to that point where we we know we need to expand, you know, and then decide what to do. Do we become more exclusive, or do we get bigger? You know, I don't. Uh, there's a lot of huge festivals in this country, um, and uh, good for them. They do a, a good job of bringing thousands and thousands of people together to have a, a great weekend. And um, that is never what I want to do. So <laughs> not ever. Don't have the, <laughs> don't have the space for it either. <laughs> uh, well, you know, even if I did, that is that has never been my intention is to run a show that big. Uh, my intention is to have great music in a smaller crowd uh, up north. You know, you see these things happening in the south uh but you don't see them happening up north so i guess that's our niche a little bit you know 
uh, red dirt in the north and uh, and keeping it and keeping it intimate. I don't know if I ever want to have more than a thousand people here. Maybe, you know, uh, I think we cross that bridge when we find it. I think we have to get more comfortable with the amount of people that we have here already. You know, we need to we need to pull one off that that we didn't look at each other at the end and go, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> uh, but uh, but yes, we talk about it quite a bit. If we had, you know, this, we could do this. If we had that, we could do that. And uh, you never know what might happen. But um, I know I don't ever want to, the Northwoods Jam to be a festival for the masses. But do I want to grow some? Yeah, I think I would. I think I would like to grow a bit. A little bit. A little bit, you know. But for right now, uh, it's hard to visualize. Um, yeah. And like I said, we're just a small business throwing a big party. So that would involve working with other people. And I'm not sure if we're ready to do that yet either. <laughs> You're building up to it. So two-part question, what are some of the favorite artists that you've had already play? And then what are your like bucket list artists to have show up to play? Hmm. Oh, so my favorites, uh, Charles Wesley Godwin is way up there on that list. Um, Josh Malloy, uh, Courtney Patton and Jamie Lynn Wilson. Um, that's one of my favorite nights of the year. It's actually coming up in two days. They'll be here. <laughs> so on your calendar, yeah. Yeah, they're on my calendar. They come once a year in July. Uh, they do a Minnesota, like Wisconsin trip. So, um, uh, the ones that have become kind of like family, you know. Yeah. Uh, Alex Williams, TDR. There's a lot of become friends of ours, and man, we've loved all the artists that have come through. Uh, bucket list artists. Hmm. Blackberry Smoke would be oh, on. Oh, there we yeah. go. There yeah, we go. Blackberry Smoke. Uh, man, if I had the stage, I mean, artists like that, yeah. Cody Jinks and Whiskey Myers would be great, too. Yeah, why don't you stop behind a little dive bar tour? We'll, we'll take you. Yeah, I'm saying Whiskey <laughs> Myers next week in Grand Forks, the Larry Center. Oh, yes, they'll be up in Duluth uh, this weekend, I believe. Yeah, it, yeah. You could do Sorry. like a Charlie Benji acoustic thing from Black, you know, Charlie and Benji from Blackberry Smoke. Right. Yeah. If they wanted to come slumming, we'd take, yeah. That's what I always say. We're slumming now. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, who, you know, who did I, uh, Randy Rogers. Oh my goodness. Um, Randy Rogers would be great to have here as well. And I think that is actually feasible, but I don't see that as ever being no, a problem. It's but... our bucket list. It's not people that we can get. Bucket yeah. list. Mm -hmm. like, who, who would you love to have? Mm -hmm. I think Blackberry yeah. Smoke is a great, a great yeah. idea. That would be amazing. That's uh and and you know, and, and along with that, you know, they have Cadillac Three. Those are guys are really good. Um, what's the other band? Reed South Hall or yes. just South Hall? Now it's just South Hall, but yeah. Was yeah. was the Reed South Hall band? Um yeah. Now they're just South Hall, right? That they just changed yep. to South Hall. Yeah, they just changed just to South Hall, yes. Right. Can you help? That's a good. Her? That's a that's you a good band right there. <laughs> that yeah, it is, and you know I don't think they get enough. I don't think they get enough airplay at all. Uh, Forty nine Winchester. Yep. 
I don't, yep. Those guys are making big waves. I see all sorts of stuff about them all the time. I would love to have Charles back. He was a favorite. I would, I'd love to have him back. Um, but, you know, he's, well, and here's what it comes to in this type of stuff. You know, they've, tr you know, changed. It's interesting when artists change management companies, then you wonder if you're going to have access to them again, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and he's actually doing much bigger things now. And, and that's, you know, kind of a bittersweet thing with, with this business is, is you want to have them come back. You want to keep them to yourself, but you also want to see them do what, what he's doing. I mean, he'll be at the target center in a couple of weeks with Zach. And uh, so you kind of know sometimes when it's the last show, you're going to see him, you know, or, or close to the last show, you kind of get an idea that this, this is going to be the last time, you know, but uh, so it's bittersweet. You want to have them back, but you want to see them succeed in what they're doing. I mean, it wasn't all that long ago that Cody Jinx was playing at bars just like this. And, yeah. You know, I mean, him and you see his Buck, name everywhere. Yeah. Him and everywhere. Buck Bennett are still great friends. And you're, you're, you're not going to see Cody Jinx playing at Buck's bar anymore. You know, it's just never going to happen. I shouldn't say never, but it more than likely won't happen. A special occasion, uh, maybe. <laughs> special, special occasion. Someone's birthday. So let's talk your. Let's, Let's talk your menu. Like, what is it? What are your specialties on the menu? Like, if you know, Brian and I show up, what are you going to steer us towards getting? Oh, the menu. Uh, obviously, no, uh, <laughs> you probably have walleye on there, I'm going to guess, right? Well, we did. We, we had walleye, and it was did. a really good product. And yeah. uh, um, you have to lift up. Sorry. Uh, we had, uh, it was a really good product, um, but everybody here has walleye. So, yep. Uh, we kind of quit with that. Um, uh, we're known for our burgers, so um, it's locally sourced, and we and we bring it in from a local meat market, and that's kind of the thing that we started our business off on was basically built it on the burgers and having really good food. So it's bar food, but it's good food. Um, mm -hmm. so burgers are um burgers are, burgers are the big thing big here. Thing here, um, I think our uh, yeah, I think they're our best seller. But you know, we have some other things on the menu. People really like our fish tacos. In summertime, um, yeah. But um, uh, the, the signature, the signature thing that you want to that you want to get here is uh, the caramel bacon cheese curds. Ooh. Yeah, that's what you. That's what you're gonna want to order. Bake. So you got the sweet. You got the salty. Yep. Yes. Yes, it's really it, quite good. <laughs> I, I hardly sell any regular cheese curds anymore because of them things. Yeah, it's all caramel bacon. Well, it how can like, you go back to plain cheese curds after that? You can't. You kind of can't. But. First time I heard about it, I looked at the person like they were crazy. And then I tried one. Mm -hmm. And I, I knew they had a hit on their hand right there. It, that's a tribute to some friends of ours because they kept saying, you got to do this. You got to do this. They, they found it at some restaurant somewhere in the country. I have no idea. And... uh then they said you have to do this you know and we we were like no that's never gonna be good that's never gonna work and so one night when they came in they brought a bottle of caramel and they said we want to order cheese curds with bacon <laughs> <laughs> brought their own caramel put on it <laughs> so we brought it out and they put the caramel on it and i took one bite and i'm like oh my gosh why didn't we do this sooner so, and it's one of our yeah it's it's our one of our top i have an idea for you guys now i'm gonna give it to you you can have it i just light bulb went off my head cheese curd bar so instead of a sunday bar you've got all the toppings you can run through hey go go through our cheese curd bar cheese curd mm -hmm. bar yeah yeah 
that so might be good too. You never want me to leave the kitchen then, right? Yeah, Is that yeah. what you're saying? <laughs> I just stay back there all the time. Oh, you're the chef. Well, shoot, then you know. Yeah. Yep. We, we could talk a little bit. What's, what's your specialty dish then? Like what's, what's your, you know, a one thing is it the curds? Uh, well, I'm usually on the grill. So, I mean, I, I'm the one making all the burgers and stuff. Yep. Um, that's typically where I'm at. Um, just because I don't know, that's just where I like to be. Um, yep. uh, I mean, seriously, man, 90% of the things I cook are burgers. It, yeah. Yes, I do have like grilled chicken sandwiches as well. And I mean, it is your basic bar food menu. There's like, we don't have steaks or anything like that. But um, we do have prime rib night, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, prime rib night. And I usually take care of that as well. And then uh, on my free time, I wash dishes. <laughs> your free time. So. He's a dishwasher. I'm the custodian. Well, you sort of have to be when you're, you know, an independent business owner. You got to wear a lot of hats. Mm-hmm. you do and then and then uh if i'm lucky enough i get to catch most of a show when we have one well you're also the talent scout it sounds like right or is that is that back to julie uh i'm the i'm the pr man no okay. i mean i i mean when you listen to music like when i'm i'm back there and i'm always listening to music and then like just whatever pick an album whoever you want it to be and then when it gets done like if you listen to like i'm listening usually to apple music or sometimes spotify yeah. whatever yep. then it will start playing music that it thinks is similar to that and man i've come across some people that i'm just mm-hmm. like i've never heard these guys before well now i have yeah yeah i'll be hey check these guys out and next thing you know they're walking through my door you know it, and that is kind of fun to watch that happen and that's and, how the podcast guests work the same way that's how what, oh, what we do same thing quite a bit on spotify and, and and then over time man you just start to become friends with these guys and girls too shouldn't just say guys have you heard jason charles miller that i have not but check, I will check him, him out. out. He's like a harder rock blackberry smoke. He's written a song Ooh. with Charlie Starr before. I just saw him open up for Faster Pussycat. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is like a hard rock version of Blackberry Smoke. So if you like hard rock and Blackberry Smoke, uh, he might be right up your alley. Absolutely. Jason Charles Miller. Jason Charles Miller. All right. I will definitely check him out. I, yeah, I think it, I like it when, uh, you know, you come across these people you've never heard before. Um, like I'd never heard of Brian James. Mm-hmm. And he popped up, and I'm like, my God, this guy's amazing. Yeah. Kind of, in a way, kind of has a little bit of a Jamie Johnson sound to him, a little bit. You know, I don't want to compare him to anybody because it's his own sound. It's him. Yep. Uh, man, I can't even think of the artist I've found that way. Yeah, he'll pop his head out every once in a while and go, hey, do you know this this artist? And sometimes he'll be like, well, for sure I do. They're on this person's roster. And he'll be like, oh, Okay. Or sometimes he'll come out, do you know this person? And I have no idea who they are. And we look them up and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's happened just like that. You know, on more than one occasion, we look them up or reach out or they, uh, you know, reach out to us. It's interesting. Uh, it's interesting how some of them just sort of happened. You know, I could get five or six emails one day from different bands and I don't even know why one of them like would stick out to me and or what's going to happen, you know, or what kind of, maybe it's kind of mood I'm in. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and I'll just click on one and go, 
well, sure. You know, what, you know, let's, let's talk, you know, and I've, I've never heard their name before or seen them. I mean, uh, I, I will of course pull up a video, you know, and yeah. watch that and stuff like that. But, and I'll just be like, sure, let's try it. And, uh, some of those bands have become like friends have been, they have become regulars and people that I, you know, if I wouldn't have clicked on that email, would I have ever known, you know, um, Joe Sam, we brought him up here and, uh, I think he played the maybe a dozen people the first time he was here. No, it was the first time he played here is well, regular we're sitting and yeah. he, he played more than that, but it wasn't a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And over my shoulder, our shoulder is our outside bar, and I sat behind there and pretty much just heckled them, and it was a great time. <laughs> but I had been listening to their music too, so I kind of knew it, and I was probably the only one here that did know it. I often wonder what would have happened if I wouldn't have answered that email that day, you know? Because there was five or six others I could have answered instead. I mean, I, I ended up answering all, but you know what I mean. There was five or six others that I could have said, "Yeah, let's try it." So what made me pick that one that day? I don't know. And so some of it's got to be by chance. Tell you the truth. It's got to be. And and now they are the worst cover band in the Midwest. Yep. Thanks to us. <laughs> Jason Remember, made a suggestion. So I want to make a suggestion of a couple bands. What, the Dirty Gospel is one and one for the road. I've, I've seen the Dirty Gospel. Uh I, I mean, I've not seen them live. I'm sorry. I should I should say that differently. I have heard of them, and I have seen something online about them. I have not. I have for sure. But what did you say? What was the other band you said? One for the road. Okay. One for the road. Okay. They they're wow. they're from North Georgia, around the same area as the Thunderbolts. So those guys okay. all know each other, and they know the Dirty Dirty Roses and. And you mentioned the Headhunters earlier. They often play um, at uh, a different venue in Minnesota. Um, not too far from us. Not too far from us. But so. where is that? Out. What uh, venue? Bar, huh? bar called Raleigh. Okay. It's just outside of St. Cloud. Okay. It's actually in uh, Sox Center, but is that? Oh, no, maybe that's Confederate Railroad that uh, there. Confederate Railroads plays there, and then sometimes the Kentucky Hunters will also play at a place called the Medina ballroom which is uh that's more just spread outside the cities yeah I, I yeah i saw when blackberry smoke did their acoustic show there mm-hmm. yeah so uh sometimes you're fighting venues too you know you want to get artists in that uh are going to be a ticket draw but uh some of them are so used to going to some of the other venues in the in the metro area that we do have some competition there as well and, yeah. and and a few of those artists, it's also become like a yearly thing where once a year they're going to come up here and they're going to play that venue. And that's typically where they go. Not always, but typically where they end up going to. Because they've had that relationship for, you know, 10 plus years or what have you. Right. Very nice. So do you guys, uh, we like to do a lightning round at the end. Do you guys have time for a lightning round of just fun, silly questions? We do. Jason. <laughs> Let's get after it. All right. These are, there's, no, the there's, no, there's no rhyme or reason to the, yeah, that's, that's, that's the intro to there. There's no rhyme or reason. All right. Uh, what's the first concert that either of you have attended your first concert? 
Ooh, Rick Springfield. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, I don't think we've got that answer before. No. Mine was in 1984, and it was a Texas Jam. Nice, really? Oh, yep. Wow, that's awesome. But I don't remember all the bands that were on it, but I remember Deep Purple was the headliner, and that was right after they released that uh, Perfect Strangers album. I think mine was mm-hmm. like oh. 80, or, 80 or 81, Minnesota State Fair. Wow. Those are yeah. good choices, Brian. Winners. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Ooh. This sounds like the end of the Cody Damn you. Uh, I love strawberry. <laughs> Classic. Uh, it's like a toss-up between vanilla and chocolate for me. You got like I split the difference with you guys. I like vanilla or strawberry typically. I like I like the classics, you know, nothing too crazy. Brian, what did you always choose? I forget. Oh, it's any kind of like chocolate. Sounds chocolate, chocolate. tracks or whatever. All right. You like, Ooh, you like chocolate, chocolate with fudge things. and brownie chunks. <laughs> and... Those are pretty good too. Just no nuts. <laughs> no nut allergy? No, just no nuts. Just no nuts. Okay. No uh, nuts. Fair enough. Uh, fair enough. I think okay. my dad used to buy toasted almond fudge uh, ice cream simply so the kids wouldn't steal it because we didn't like the almonds <laughs> or, or pistachio that's not really a yeah, right. <laughs> flavor but i like it now <laughs> it's maybe me dad <laughs> uh what is your not including your place what is your favorite place to go watch live music that, that one's easy for me Ooh, say it uh bucks bar and grill in venice nebraska yep you like bucks i'm gonna say i recently acquired a new one and that would be a Every venue at Mile Zero Fest, <laughs> but uh, uh, other than that, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that down there. That and the showboat. Yep, showboat. Yep, we like that too. In Wisconsin. Smaller does. venues like ours, absolutely. I've become a fan of seeing smaller clubs and theaters and arenas and stuff anymore. It's just a much better experience. I like the bands at those levels a little bit better, and you know, yep. it's just a lot more fun. Yep. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, that one we never get out to go anywhere. You know, that's, that's the problem with us. We never get there. Yeah. Well, you know, you're, you're, you're an independent business owners. It's kind of tough. You got your hands full. Yeah. What is the craziest thing that's happened at your place? Ah, oh my gosh, can we even talk about Man. those things? <laughs> if, listen, if crimes have been committed, do not use people's real names and use a <laughs> Uh, what is the craziest thing that's ever happened here? Uh, I mean, I th- I want to feel like it I was recent. I don't, I don't, I mean, I want to start a list. Dude. I mean, I, I'm too really, 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 um, what can I say it? Um, you can't say names. Older people. Okay. Mature, mature audience. Way into retirement age. Um, very mature audience. Very, uh, like we're, we're damn near pushing eighties. Uh, they were having fun in their car one time, right? Right yes. in the front row parking spot. They were parking. <laughs> that one. You know what? Parking. That was interesting. <laughs> Good on them for being flexible and spry enough to do that. Uh, we had a band once that uh, just kind of went back into our like back furnace room to change clothes instead of walking over to the house. And um, uh, so they're all like in different parts of disarray and and clothing. And uh, one of my girls on the staff didn't realize that that was all going on back there. She uh, walked right into the whole mess of that. 
So <laughs> yeah, she didn't know, air quotes, no, didn't know. That, that could be, that could be. <laughs> She's still smiling. I, I bet she yeah. is. I, yeah, no, the, the, that couple and that were parking, yeah, that, that was a pretty good one. That, that's, I mean, there's got to be more, but you put me on the spot, so yeah, that, I, I can't think of any now. After, after, we're, after we're done, I'll probably think of 10 more, but probably. <laughs> but you always have those things that stick out, and you, you immediately had the uh, car parking, and you had the walking in on the clothes changing. Yes. Yeah, that, that was good. All right, my last dumb question for you both is give us one of your guilty artists or musical, guilty pleasures of music wise. We see all the bands that you have here and they're the bands you're like, what's what's a guilty pleasure? Somebody that's probably not oh, gonna show up at your bar. The one we listen to in private? <laughs> uh, Lady Gaga. Ooh, Dude, she, can, Lady Gaga. she can legitimately sing. Like she's a very yeah. talented artist, you know? Yeah, Lady Gaga and Shinedown. Those are two that, those are, Yep. Um, mine would, man, it's, it's kind of a toss up for me. It would be either, uh, yeah, there's so many, um, probably Pantera and Waylon Jennings. That's not a guilty pleasure. No, that's no. a great, that's a, that's a pleasure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm Pantera's not a Southern metal band, not a Southern rock yeah. band. But. Yeah. yeah. Pantera. Ooh. And uh, I met them when they were an eighties band and I was in sixth grade. Wow. That, yeah. They, 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 they were on the glam metal. Then. They were yes. glam metal. <laughs> that was the, they were, that was before Phil and Rex were were in the band. Yep. But we'll take glam Pantera. Metal. We'll take Lady Gaga. That's you know that is a little bit outside the scope of what you do. And you know both are still touring, so you never know. You may get an acoustic show or a one-off show from them <laughs> if you try hard enough. Mm, yeah. <laughs> How about together? It, that would listen. I've seen hey, her. She I've heard her. Yeah. Yeah. Lady I've also Gaga. heard her do like um, Led Zeppelin a cappella because when she was was getting started was in cover bands and she would cover like Zeppelin and some classic rock and she, yeah. she could do it. Yeah, she's got a set of pipes on her for sure. She can sing. That woman can sing. Yep, she's not one um, of those fake you know pop artists that get there on other things other than talent. Yeah, I, I even drugged this guy to a Lady Gaga performance a few years ago in St. Paul. Mm -hmm. he, he especially loved the girls wearing balloons. Yeah, it, yep. was, it yep. was interesting. And then the girl that wasn't a girl. <laughs> and then, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> it was uh, um, no, it 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 was an interesting show to be at. Actually, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think you might have even had a little fun. I I had fun. Okay. And very entertaining. A lot of lot of lot of production goes into that. I learned a few things that day. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of production <laughs> in that show, but evidently not as much as there is on this new uh, Taylor Swift tour. Holy cow! Uh, that's craziness. It's, yeah, it's my daughter and wife team. saw them in Nashville, and it's a whole whole big thing. A lot of a lot of costume changes and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I can't even imagine the production costs on on something like that. That's, that's part of the great. reason the tickets cost like what they do and they're going to arenas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. So it's a million dollar, a couple million dollars every night just to get that up and running. Yeah. Can't even think of, uh, yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah. But well, somebody's guys, making money. <laughs> yeah, well, I presume she's making a lot. Uh, guys, it's been great talking to you. Know, you're the first time we've had a bar venue owner get on to talk to us a little bit about what's going on. Great insights, a lot of similarities to kind of how Brian and I run the show. But 
my my next my last question to you is where should we put, send people to find out more about Rider Saloon, the artists that are showing up there, all the good stuff that you guys have going on? Right. So um, ridersaloon.com, of course. Uh, we generally have all of our artists coming through right on that. It's a great website. website. Really well done. Really well done. Oh, oh good, good. Thank you. Uh, then uh, we have a northwoodsjam.com. That's specifically for the jam. Yep. Uh, we have Facebook pages for both. So Rider Saloon uh, on Facebook, Northwoods Jam at Rider Saloon. And then we have a music group on uh facebook that's where um that's where we get heavier into uh posting about the music uh okay. and the events and the things that are happening here and that that group is called writers saloon. saloon music and events and i think we have about 1500 members now Something so, like that. yeah so we're getting there uh and that is uh that is where you're gonna you know, find all the posts about all the music. You're going to find the photos from the shows. Uh, you're going to find people who have tickets to a sold-out show um, that are actual ticket holders and not ticket scammers, as you see all over the place. So yeah. that's a good resource for customers, for sure. Well, I just followed both of them right now immediately while you're telling me. So everybody else that's listening, please go out and follow them. Certainly, if you're going to be in the area, check them out. They have a great list of artists coming through. A lot of the ones that we've talked to are in that kind of the same same musical vein. Right, Brian? Yes, for sure. So thank you so much to Julie and Steve Higgins, owners of Ryder Saloon in Henriette, Minnesota. Northwoods Jam is coming up on uh, Saturday, August 25th. There's a performance the night before. 26, 26. 26, and there's a performance before... 25th for the VIPs. Yeah, the day before the Tennessee Jet. Yes, so the Tennessee you. Jet show is VIP only, yes. But I buy the VIP tickets. I think they're sold out. Uh, <laughs> that's where you got to go find that group on Facebook because uh, people who are ticket holders, that's the place for them to um, sell a VIP ticket if they're not going to be able to use it. So, okay. But there's plenty of, um, well, not plenty, but um, there's there's still general admission left i wouldn't be scared you know on that one but there's not really a bad place to be out here there's really not there's not you're you're, you're, you're still going to be close even with the general admission ticket absolutely because you know because it's only a thousand people so yeah, yeah doesn't uh yeah it's not a bad place to stand here all right well thank you guys so much yeah. for having us on thank this you guys fun. for coming on uh you'll you know you're in this all things blues and southern rock family we want you on again and uh we definitely uh we want to you know take part in this festival any way we can if it's this year or next year uh but uh we definitely looking forward to you know a long uh good relationship with y'all so thanks yeah. for coming on absolutely thank, thank you, you so much come on out if you're coming out, just let us know. Thank you so much to our new friends, Julie and Steve Higgins, owners of Ryder Saloon, uh, uh, founder of the Northwoods Jam. Um, I'm so thrilled. I'm so thrilled to know some other people up here that get it, that I can, that we can build a relationship with up, up here. And, you know, as you know, hopefully, whether it's this year or next year, I'm going to try to this year. Because now I can't hide behind airline tickets and rental cars. And yeah, <laughs> go. Yeah. So, which, how long does it take you to get there? Three hours. 
Oh, geez, that's nothing. Like I almost went that, you know, two and a half hours to Cleveland the other day. Right. Get, yeah. yeah, three hours is nothing. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, that's the type of bar I would hang out in if it was close to me. Yeah, like, and I can't wait close, to see what it looks like. It well, I'm for sure going in uh, mid-September to see Them Dirty Roses for the second time. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm over the moon. I don't, you know, I can't, usually I can give some highlights, but I'm just so happy to have spoken to someone else in this area that that really does get it and it gets some good artists and, and they're going to grow that festival and probably get even better artists for it i know they want to keep it kind of small and um which is you cool know, though which is which cool, great yeah know? a thousand people is still a lot i'm like yeah. you know a thousand people is a yeah. pretty good amount you know and they have maple bacon cheese curds on the menu and they have maple bacon cheese curds do you have a favorite local or Italian. I know you don't drink anymore, but like, did you, or do you like a local establishment that you go to maybe have live music, maybe, you know, cover bands or Fargo? whatever. Yeah. You got it. You got a place. Well, I mean, I guess the Fargo brewing company, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, that's like a legit that, music menu. What about when yeah. you lived in Minnesota or other places? Was there anything that's like, Hey, um, you're your place to hang. Well, up, We mentioned when we were talking to Steve and Julie, we mentioned Duluth, Minnesota, which is, uh, you know, it's, that's on the Western tip of Lake Superior. And it's like the further, the furthest inmost, uh port for big uh freighter ships up there in duluth you know bob dylan's from there so it's a very it's a very like uh um artistic place mm -hmm. it's very beautiful there uh the city is built into the hillsides there's a lot of you know kind of like bohemian hippie backpacker types there too and um a lot of the jam band a lot of jam band stuff going on there a lot of folk dylan kind of stuff going on there um pizza luce was a place there that i went to um uh, gosh what else can i think of i just thought that's that's sticking out to me is pizza luce but you know there was a few other places there's a brewery that i can't remember the name of that, that's escaping me um okay. up in grand forks where i lived for a lot of years not so much yeah thing i can think of fair enough <laughs> and for you Man, where I live now, um, there's not really a great like local place. There's like there's like a place called Leon, so they'll have some live music every once in a while. Ramsey's. I don't really have that place here. But when I was in Dayton, particularly when our band was really going, um, the Oregon Express, which is downtown Dayton, or in the Oregon District, was great. And not only was that kind of our home base for playing, but just a good place to hang out. Great pizza, great food, always treat us well. And then kind of next door to that is Blind Bob's Bar, which plays live music. We played there and good food, um, grilled peanut butter and jelly sandwich and dill pickle soup, buddy. Like you could die for that stuff. But those were kind of like the places I really dug. And then in college, it was a place called the Poor House, P-O-U-R-H-A-U-S, where we would always kind of show up. But a little older, and Marysville's a little different than Dayton, so. Yeah, well, it's very interesting, because we've talked about this a lot, like you being from Columbus and that being such a large metropolitan area, but you actually have to go to, like, Dayton or Cincinnati to, like, see. <laughs> Yeah, to see a lot of the stuff I want to see, yeah, unfortunately. But that's it's cool. It's, it just shows that, it you know, just because somewhere's a bigger city doesn't mean you're going to get better music sometimes we got to get blackberry smoke to come back from marysville to like you know i know they're not going to play stephens anymore we've had that talk with charlie it's small but like they could do like a big outdoor event and get blackberry smoke to come play and like we call it a homecoming for them yeah they still yeah. know the guy that used to own that bar he still lives in town 
Well, I remember, I can't remember which place it was, but I remember Charlie talking about remembering playing one of those places. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's a good, that's that second time he was on. It's a great episode to listen to. There's, and the Amish uh, drug dealers. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we'll end on that note. So always remember, uh, Southern Rock is reverent, loses blood. We'll see you next time. I got holes in both my pockets Where all the money go And this guitar life is lonesome It's the only life I know It's a fire that keeps on burning Hard times it lifts a few And I'm a rider on this lonesome train Called Bourbon and
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.